Thanks for tuning in to the Lakeland Sports Guys with Chris and Tom and Stan Spivey joining us here from Howard's on Main in Uptown Greenwood. Glad to have you along for the ride. A beautiful day today, high up near 80. Wait, did it reach 80? Chris? It's hot, buddy. It was warm. <laughs> yeah. I, I know it was like 78 when I got here, but uh, it's probably surpassed that with the cloud cover. Maybe keeping it down a little. We're not so going to get rid of our mosquitoes again this yep. year because we never had the cold. <laughs> but we're finishing up some of the winter sports. Basketball concludes this weekend. We'll give you updates on that. Uh, who made it and who is in and what time and where they're playing. We'll give you all the details there. Wrestling, individual-wise, uh, we'll run down that list again for you. Got a whole bunch of wrestlers. I think, what, we said 17 yeah, that are going? So we got a bunch of kids that are going to be over and try for a state championship and see if they can get that medal and wear it around their neck and declare another winner for uh, the entire year in bragging rights. For their weight class. That's yeah, going to be awesome. That's awesome. Then we got uh, college to talk about. Baseball has started up. Softball has started up uh, as well. We got uh, high school baseball and softball that's going on, and they get underway. Their season actually starts um, on, I think, Tuesday, but uh, a lot of folks are saying that it'll be this weekend. Greenwood's going to be on the road. Emerald's hosting a tournament to go along with it. We've got a lot of sports that are happening in and around the Lakelands this weekend. Yeah, that Greenwood, that's the one to Georgetown. Is that the tournament at Georgetown? Yep. IP Classic? Yep, okay. yep. they'll that's be down huge. there. And the, the the talent of the teams that are down there, it's it's like a who's who of uh, high school baseball. Two cousins on the site, man. I'm telling you, different teams, but they'll play. <laughs> but anyway, like I say, it's exciting times. And all right, Stan, you're the baseball guy. You know, I used to be, but – Usually when it comes time for Carolina and Clemson baseball, we're not that high hopes or anything like that. This year's a different feeling. Is it because of another coach down there with with Mark Kingston? Is it because Monty Lee's back home that the excitement level's there? Or is it uh, just because we just want something basketball sucked all year, basically? <laughs> <laughs> and for you, and for you, you got a new coach in Eric Backich, and the excitement level's got to be built up for the Tigers. Yeah, the, the, the – the, the kicker for me was when he put Omaha on the back of the hats and said, this is what we're playing for. We haven't earned it yet, but this is where we want to go. And so it gives them a sight every time they put on their hats, the last thing they see before they put that cap on, on their head. You're going to love this guy because, like I said, when I was walking, watching Big Ten, he was at Michigan. <laughs> the players, he said, how can you not get enthralled about going down south to play baseball when we look at snow 24-7? Now get your butts out there yeah. and practice. <laughs> And they would practice on frozen fields, by the way. So, yep. so we'll get in and dive into that a little bit. You've been following the beach volleyball, which has begun as well. I, Wheeler I'm glad, Beach. I tur- I'm glad Wheeler I turned beach, you on to that sport. Man. That's, that's so I'm going to make it down. We, uh, I'm going to make it. We're going to do some stuff from down there this year. Uh, heading back to the big city, beef it tomorrow. So I am working on you an interview. Okay. I am okay. working. I am working with. See if I can't get Mr. Librand to pick up a phone. I got a number. So. All right, we'll, we'll give it a we'll shot. We'll see how it goes. That and, <laughs> and man, you're just a who's who. You got the commissioner of the Peach Belt uh, as well. I mean, we're we got some good interviews. Coming I don't up know. That I want to go down there now. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> let's see. You know, Lander wins it or something. Yeah, it's a big deal. So we'll see what happens. But Peach Belt was big last night. I don't know if you saw it, but even Peach Belt was big last night. A lot of changes. We'll dive into that as well. Well, let's start with high school coaching yes. changes because uh, it has been a, a – well, yesterday and today, it is just lit up with – I'm not talking about just hires. We're talking about great 
fantastic, amazing hires that are going along with that. Um, we all know that uh, Dustin Curtis at Dorman went ahead and resigned. He's going to be announced probably on Monday when he signs a contract as the head coach for football at Lexington High School. But his offensive coordinator, um, that being Daniel Sisk, is now the head coach at North Central over in Kershaw County. Um, you know, it, it's it's his coaching career. He, he was at Camden, I think, for what? 15 years or something like that. I mean, he was there a long time. Jimmy Neal was the head coach. Uh, Brian Ruff, uh, the head coach down there, while he was the offensive coordinator for nine years. That's what it was, nine years. Um, But the Bulldogs also made it to -to back-to-back state champions in 3A back in 20 and 21 uh, to go along with it. So North Central, uh, you know, hits it out of the park yesterday and finding a new head coach that is there. But Berkeley and Aiken – are probably the the biggest hires out of all of this. Berkeley uh, named Eric Lodge, uh, their new head football coach. He is from Seminoles High School in Florida, where for the past three seasons, okay, he went thirty two and five, won the twenty twenty state title, and prior to that, he was a DC at Seminole and spent some time at the University High School in Florida to go along with it. So, uh, loads of experience, national playing experience as well at the head coaching level. And he's familiar with another academy down there called AMG, too, so look out for that. That's <laughs> another one to look forward to. We, but we talked about it. We, we knew that that school, or these schools, as we say, because Lexington was one and, and Berkeley and now Dorman, you know that they're going to be home run hires. And that's why they take longer than Stan and I and you feel like they should take. I feel like you jump in there and get somebody. But um, that's a that's a win-win. And then the one you picked to talk about is even bigger to me because it's a, it gets closer to here. It's in, the, it's in CSRA, but it's a big hire. Yeah, Aiken High School went ahead and they named uh, Dwayne Garrick their new head coach. He's coming over from Barnwell, who has just been a powerhouse as well. And this will be Garrick's, what, second stint, I believe, uh, coming over. Um, into uh, from at Berkeley, and now he comes to Aiken. And this one, he's reached over 200 career wins uh, during the playoffs this past year. He takes over an Aiken program right now that hasn't had a winning record since 2015. Um, to, with that, but with the Warhorses, uh, you know, he went 83 and 21 and three three region titles, um, made it to the uh, lower state championship a couple of those times. Um, matter of fact. Uh, his previous experience at Barnwell was 99 to 2001. He went 27 and 10 at that time, and finished with a state semifinal appearance in 2000. So, th- this is probably the biggest win I-, I would say would be Berkeley and-, and Aiken out of all three coaches that came through. But I mean, all of them great records, great uh, you know players, coach kind of coaches, and and the thing that we- when we talked about it is um, Aiken is getting a coach that relies heavily on discipline. And if you're not going to be disciplined, he doesn't want you you're on the team. You're not playing. You're out. One thing about Garrick, and i tell you who we could talk to about it, and that's Shat Boyd. Uh, the previous two quarterbacks are brothers, the Penders mm-hmm. from Barnwell. They both were quarterbacks at Erskine. So, I mean, that he's putting them in college down there, and he's got relationships with coaches. So, I mean, if anything else – to put that back at Aiken, that helps that school out a lot, tremendously, let's just say that, because he brings a reputation. And it's a lot of times, you know, we saw it with Coach Owens. Mm-hmm. It's a touchdown club. He said, man, we really got a really good team, but I had to let two or three players go, and I didn't want to have to do it, but I had to. And it hurt them in the year, but it, look what it built for – for, for the rest of the year and for what he was going to accept, you know, accept and all down there. And that's, we'll be hearing about that one before long. Yeah, that's another team that will be coming out. By the end of next month, by the time. 
you'll, you'll come around for yeah, like I said, I just don't like. I just don't understand why these movies are made. It just, I, mean, well, I would think uh, you'd want to be made and have it ready to go for your spring and and just have everything you want out there. But I guess sometimes it you get that calling or whatever, and it's or the wife nagging that shirt sometimes says, "Hey, I don't like it here." <laughs> I'm not talking about Coach Curtis. I mean, his wife is from yeah. the Midlands, but, I mean, that ain't what happened. Well, so for the Lakelands here, 96 is probably the biggest uh, one that's looking for a new coach with Matthew Owen stepping down that is there. But overall, through the entire state, I guess you got to say that Dorman now is the big dog as far as looking for a new head coach, and they have limited time. I mean, I don't want to say Curtis did him dirty, but, uh, you know, he, t- he took a job in Lexington that uh, – you know, his alma mater and, and once-in-a-lifetime kind of a thing. But usually you want to, you don't want to be looking in February for a new head coach. You want that January-February uh, portion to go ahead and do your searches and get your interviews in. That's why I told you. This is one at Gutshaw. He wanted to come out of retirement to take this job, Stan. But that next coach there, he's going to know this guy. I'm telling you. He may be somebody that played with him and coached yeah. with him. Maybe. That next hire there is going to be a big hire for them, but it's going to be somebody they know that's not going to pull this again. And, it's going to be a local guy, I'm telling you. Well, and I think it's going to happen within the next two to three weeks. I don't think this is going to be a, a month-long process. I think they probably, once he turned his notice in that he was leaving and going to Lexington, the AD probably went to his Rolodex. Or he might have just gone back to the application and you had a and say, "Hey, <laughs> who who would you recommend?" And he started making some phone calls and getting some people to get some applications in on the board. Um, if they can narrow it down, get it to the board, get him hired. You know, even if it's the what the fifteenth of March, he could still have enough time to come in and get him a spring ball season in. Um, or he may save his days and just do it during the summer. All right, now, Stan wasn't here Monday, and I put you on the spot, but you're here today, so I'm going to put you back on the spot. You were telling me, or you've explained to me a hundred times, how the the coaching in the South Carolina and the Georgia works differently. Yeah. Okay. Now, this was a job, and this I'm not going that route, but I'm just saying, this is this not a job, a guy like a Cathcart, a guy like a Doolittle, is this not a job that would lure them back to South Carolina? It could. Because of that South Carolina retirement that you talk yeah, about yeah. sometimes? I mean, and that, that would be, you know, I'd hate to see it because we'd be playing <laughs> against him. But if Gene Cathcart got that job, Dutch Fork, y'all better watch out. <laughs> we, we were talking about that. You. And I think it's going to be a name that's going to be like that that's been – and, you know, there may be a guy that's won four state championships in North Carolina that played at Dorman that I just – I'm not thinking of that would be a perfect guy for that job. But when we were talking about the other day, there was that little deal with – because we had said something about, what, Doolittle coming back to 96. Mm-hmm. And we didn't think that would be probably be an option. Maybe maybe the son, maybe one of his sons maybe. down there coming back. Um, but th- that's something you think about the older that you get, especially when you get a little bit older, you think about that retirement package. And it's a lot different if you come back to South Carolina where you started, Stan. Yep. Explain that well, to me again. And, well, it's Georgia, the retirement system is a lot less – number of years in uh, so these coaches that get started in South Carolina they might be at a school for 15 years 20 years they go over to Georgia coach for 10 years they vested they come back to South Carolina coach for 10 more and they got two retirement checks coming in and 
you don't see a lot of them doing it, but you will see some. There, there, you'd be surprised at the number of teachers that live in Greenwood and kind of on the border with Georgia that'll leave Greenwood, go over to Elberton or Lincoln, and then come back. And they're driving back and forth every day. But you know, it it were it happens. It's going to be a big name. I, I, I'm going to go, I think it'll be a big name, and I'm sorry, Coach Porter, but it ain't well, going to be think you. This, <laughs> do you think this would be a more of a regional search, kind of like Lexington did, go out and put it out there and maybe get somebody out of Florida or Alabama or Tennessee to come in? Because we know that there are kids from Greenwood that are coaching in other states. Let me give that man and, no idea. And, and he, they may come back over here for yeah. that job. I mean, seriously, I hadn't done the research, but I will this weekend since I'm out of time to do some stuff. Now, hey, this might be a job that a certain Buford coach might would be willing to leave for. Hey, <laughs> that might would be a little more enticing. I don't, think, I don't think the money would be the issue. No, I, I don't think the money's. I, I'm gonna tell you right come now. Come back to and the upstate and the facilities are, and you know, the facilities are gonna be top notch. You know. What has he got now? What is he beating his head up against the wall to try to get down there? That the only thing he does is sign his name on the contract up here, and he's got it. There's a lot of stuff they're doing yeah. down there, and I'll bring. I'll, I'll get pictures for it to put on our side of the. Uh, they are renovating press box. Fields a small field, like I told y'all. It's a it, Emerald's probably as big as is what Buford is to be a four A field and everything. Um, but that would be a job that I would think would entice a lot of guys. That, that, oh, it's gonna be. And, a, and I'm gonna tell you what, there might be. Like I said, I told Coach Porter you can't have it. But I mean, you got a lot of coaches that have proven in the game that you would never think in the world would leave a job. Yeah, like. Coach Liner, don't you do it either, but a Chris Liner who's already established at Greenwood. But like you say, that's an easy job, and you're writing your name down on everything. Yeah. You don't have to worry about anything. You're not fighting anybody. Nothing against Sparky again. I'm just trying to cover all but that. Now, but now we saw, of course, it's out now in the paper, the, the millions, the multi-million dollars that District 50 is going to be putting into both Greenwood High and Emerald. Upgrading facilities, doing better. So well, that's that's on the list the, here. Yeah, um, the district has seen a need for it. A need for it. So but, yeah, what's going to consist of? Uh, they're taking bids now. A new field house and weight room for Greenwoods. That two-story weight room that we heard rumors about mm -hmm. last year. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to become a reality. Um, Emerald's getting a new press box, which is well over needed. Um, yeah. They needed back. They needed that back. Uh, 15 years 15, ago? 15, 20 years ago. Yeah, that um, deal went into place whenever the Greenwood was discussed, too, yeah. right? Wasn't both of those deals at one time? Yeah. yeah. And it just took so long to get um, it done? They're also getting a new pre uh, press box at the baseball field, uh, which is needed, so it'll line up right there behind uh, home plate. They're getting a new scoreboard uh, at the Emerald football field to go along with it and a weight room upgrade also over at Emerald High School. So it's about time that things are going on. But uh, And people are always telling me, they're saying, how come they couldn't do it sooner? How come this couldn't happen? Yeah. Well, you got to remember those bonds have to mature before they can cash them in to make those advantages uh, and you know come up and, and get the bids and things of that nature. So you got to have the money that is there, which means the bonds now are getting ready to mature, which means they're able to go out and they're able to do these facility upgrades. And they, and, and it won't cost the taxpayers for Greenwood a dime. Mm -mm. And that that's the key part of it. All these other schools, and, and you all know, how many schools we go to, and, and they, you look at the facilities they got, and they say, well, 
we don't have a Taj Mahal like you do. Our people won't give the money. To, it's not that our people aren't giving the money through taxes. It's <coughs> our district mm-hmm. has been smarter with their money than some of these other districts have. Yeah. $9.6 million they're using in the general obligation bonds uh, to pay back the current tax levies and, and everything else that are going on for these upgrades. So, I mean, yeah, it's, like I said, when we talked about it, Greenwood District 50 and the board, man, they hit out of the park with the, with the Taj. This, yeah. it, this has been coming for time, and I guess people just don't, they're a little bit impatient about where's our press box, where's our improvements to the schools and stuff like that. It's coming, and there it is. It's, it's coming what, to you quickly. Once they get all this established and get the plans and get everything approved, they'll start, and within a year, everything will be open, and it'll look nice and clean. We have to do a little landscaping, but they'll get it done. I mean, just the press box. I mean, they practically built it over the summer. Yeah. You know, so and and that's what'll happen. Once, once the plans get approved and and the bids go out and they get here, let's go. Yeah, as soon as Emerald's done with and, football and lines out there, I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past the district to have construction going on at both places at the same time. Oh yeah, definitely. And but it, it's it, it won't take long once they get it once they get started because they'll have. It won't be this year coming up that it'll be done this summer, but next year they'll have the chance to start in December um, and go ahead and, and make those changes and move it around and get. But the field will still be able to use. Um, yep. So you'll still have soccer. You'll still have all of that going on uh, during the spring and everything else that's happening while they're building the press boxes in the process. But a lot of construction going on over there at Emerald High School. But like I said, it's been – Everybody's been wondering about it. Here it is. It's here now, so just relax. And well, and, and it didn't cost you, Stan, like and, you said. And, it didn't come you, out of your pocket. And you look at, uh, of course, I live on that side of town, and <laughs> I'm seeing what's going on. There are three new developments that they're scraping dirt and starting to getting ready to start building houses. And you're probably looking at anywhere from probably four to 600 houses that are going to be built. And every one of those houses, those kids are going to be zoned to go to Emerald. Yeah. That's, so that's going to Emerald's Emma, mm-hmm. going to go from a 3A to a 4A probably in the blink of an eye. We're not going to realize how quick they're going to get there. We'll have two 4A schools in town? Yeah. Wow. And then you're going to start hearing to talk about combining them again for a 5A. That'll be the next – that's all that you're going to get. 5 at that point. Uh, <laughs> we might be – hey, we might be headed for, like, Georgia. 6A. 6A. Seven. Be. I mean, yeah. especially Somerville area, you know. I, I could certainly see that area getting a big one. Yeah, it'll, it'll be fun. Uh, I, I I thought of maybe going when they start tearing down the old one and and, and taking that window out, stand and oh, bring it. Wow. <laughs> I just don't know. When we did, we did Emerald High, High School, yeah, I went to clean the window and it fell in. We put it right there. <laughs> yeah, hit me in the head. Yeah. Luckily, it didn't have any stitches, but. It was not good. All right. <laughs> so we've got that. Let's uh, get looking out of this rabbit hole and get back looking, in another one, Chris. All right. 96 boys basketball. They've got uh, a new coach or looking for a new coach, I should say. DJ uh, Devachi has decided that he's going to pursue other avenues of employment. Um, he's not going to be teaching or coaching anymore, and he's going to be moving on. So their third coach in four years. Um, 
Da Vinci is right behind uh, John Mark Scruggs, who we'll have on coming up on Monday um, over the at ninety six. So we'll, it's going to be interesting to see as they got uh, their sights now. If you read the paper, uh, the Index Journal, and what they had to say, I, I had rumors about it last week, but I wasn't sure, and they kind of confirmed it when they came out with the article today. But um, you know, their their main goal right now is to find a football coach first, and then go and try to find the basketball coach that is there. So, um, you know, both of those are going to be listed and out there, I'm sure, in both weeks. I know the football has already been listed. Uh, they're looking for the football coach. I'm sure the basketball will be added this week or next. So, now, Coach Owens, was he also AD? Or do they have no, a different no, AD? No, no, uh, BJ Wentz is the uh, okay. 96 athletic director. Okay. So, so you, you didn't have anything to do with football or basketball? No. no. Which is always a positive. Yep. Yeah. So we'll just keep an eye on that as they've got uh, two searches that they're going to go through over there in 96 and Wildcat Country to go along with it. And uh, brand-new school, brand-new gym over there hasn't been open that long. And uh, their football facility is unmatched, I would say, in 2A outside of Abbeville, maybe. Yeah, it's, it's so nice. It's a nice facility. A lot of town support. Um, and then I also want to say congratulations to uh, Greenwood soccer player uh, Betty Murray. He is the uh, uh, goalkeeper that is over there. He went ahead and signed his letter of intent. Congrats to him. He's going to be playing next year at Presbyterian to go along with that. I like the bow tie, by the way. Real classy, <laughs> buddy. Really, I like it. So it, it adds a flavor when you get that bow tie that's in there. I tell you what, that, you know, posting, I wonder if he ties that, his own. posting that one sign thing right there got us a bunch of likes. So we might have some new Lakeland sports fans out there just because of that one – <laughs> and we also have wrestling that's going to take place uh, uh, underway starting Friday, which is tomorrow, um, over at the Anderson. What's the Civic name of it? Well, it's not the Civic Convoc Center. It's not Conv Convocation, is it? It's, it Converse, may be Converse Center or something, yeah, something of that nature. Like that. It's beautiful, um, I'll tell you that. Yeah, anyway, it, it gets underway tomorrow, and then the state uh, championships for both boys and girls will take place on Saturday. So they'll run through and get everybody done. But congrats to uh, Malachi Conway over at Emerald. He is going to be in it. Greenwood has, I believe, five. You've got... Um, Bryce Seaborn at the 152 class, uh, Elijah Wade at 170, Kaysen Howell at 182, Dax Seaborn at 195, and Owen Sargent, the big guy at oh, 220, wow. is going to wow. be wrestling. That's there. Last year's champions, Bryce Seaborn was a champion last year in eighth grade, and then you had Dax Seaborn was a champion during his uh, uh, sophomore year. Go along with that. That's your spoilers, right? Yeah, and yeah. Owen Sargent. Uh, I think Owen Sargent was there too, as well as as Wade. Was he not? I'll have to double check. Yeah, man. And then '96 has a record. What did I say? Eleven. I think it was last year. They're, yeah, they're team this year. <laughs> but uh, Frank Taylor at the 160 class. You got Chico Mason at 220. Uh, Julius Calhoun at 285. Uh, Hunter Simpson or Simmons will be wrestling at 126. You also have uh, Bryant Wilderspoon at 132. PJ Rustin at 170. Ryland Rushton at 106. Um, Ryan Jones is wrestling at 138 weight class. At the 120, you got Jones Dove. And Caden Payne at 152, also Max McGee at 195. So those are all the Lakeland players that we know of as of right now. They're going to be wrestling starting tomorrow for an individual state championship. 96 in a bunch of them. <laughs> that's, that's huge <laughs> well, right we there. Got, we got to have at least out of all those, we, got to, we need to bring home at least six or seven individual state championships. And then a couple, maybe runner-up, we can – Yep. And I'll have yeah. to I'll have to dig around for the girls because we I think we've got some girls that are wrestling too. Yeah, I think I saw so. that. Yeah, 
I'm just not asking the weight class. <laughs> You're scared of that question. Never ask a woman what her weight exactly. is. Exactly. I learned hard about that one. Oh, no. That's what's going on. Also, in uh, basketball, we've got uh, state championships that are going to get underway starting tomorrow. Uh, For the upstate, uh, Bob Jones University in Greenville is where uh, the upstate championships are going to take place. 2A at noon tomorrow has, uh, for the girls, Keenan taking on Gray Collegiate. The boys at 2 o'clock has Keenan versus Gray Collegiate. Imagine that. (laughs) Um, Class 4A, North Augusta makes it to the championship game in uh, uh, girls, they'll take on Wade Hampton at 5.30 tomorrow. And in 4A boys, Greenville takes on Lancaster at 7.30. So they'll move on. So a one from uh, Greenwood's region, uh, Region 1, 4A has Greenville in the state uh, playoffs that are there. Then Saturday, you have in the 1A, St. Joe's, who took out our good folks over there at Calhoun Falls to get the right to play in the championship game a couple weeks back, or a couple games back. They get Denmark Olar at noontime on Saturday. Christchurch takes on Great Falls for the boys in 1A at 2 o'clock. 3A girls, Southside takes on Wren at 5.30. And 3A boys, they get Wren taking on Traveler's Rest at 7.30 uh, on Monday. Or no, that's on Saturday. Monday, though, you got both the 5A girls will be Molden and Spring Valley at 5.30. 5A will have Lexington taking on Dorman, and then they'll head uh, head over to Aiken for the state championship the following weekend. Mm. It's going to go on there. For Skiza, though, Friday, 3A girls, Hilton Head Christian takes on Shannon Forrest at 5 o'clock. Uh, 3A boys got Hilton Head uh, Christian taking on Hilton Head Prep. Saturday, uh, Curtis Baptist, or I think they ended up beating Cambridge. Um, they get the right to go and play Wardlaw, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Um, Faith uh, Christian uh, will take on Richard Wynn, I believe, at noon. Uh, 2A, you got um, Buford Academy, I think, taking on Cathedral. I'm not positive on that one. I'll have to double-check on that one. And then Andrew Jackson Academy, they'll get uh, Calhoun Academy into 2A boys. So mm-hmm. kind of a rundown of Skiza and what we've got as far as the basketball schedules that go under. I got a question for the Skiza, though. Curtis Babbins, it's on Brawl Street in Augusta, Georgia. So how was that at South Carolina uh, School? I know they play all the guy the same team. Well, where's right? the line drawn? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we know it's right probably at the river right there across that bridge <laughs> at North Augusta. But yeah, that's my grandparents' old church. That's how I knew when I saw Curtis Baptist. I was like, what? But I just wonder how they considered they should be Georgia skis, maybe, or how they say there. But I tell you what, I've been really impressed with the way they've done their tournament. And I hope Jerome and the rest of them kind of look at what they do with the skis of tournaments and, and maybe try to, you know, put a little bit of that into play with the uh, with the, with the one, two, three, and four A's. Uh, Dorman looks like they're going to be dominant again. I, I, North Augusta girls is going to be a good game. Full Wally's, you know, she's with Keenan and the boys are with Keenan. So who's going to upset them? So it's a weekend of, like you say, a who's who in weekend basketball. So it's going to be a fun time this weekend. It's going to be fun to watch. All right, we're at Howard's on Main in Uptown Greenwood. We invite you to come by and take part in their specials. They've got all kinds of daily specials at lunchtime. Bring your friends. Bring your office, or better yet, have Howard come to you. You can go ahead and uh, enjoy the catering aspect that he has to take advantage of, or you can rent the room upstairs, Chris. Nice. That's really nice upstairs. Yeah. And uh, if you do rent the room upstairs and you do it at nighttime with an open bar, you'll have Willie uh, up there uh, bouncing for you. So He'll be your bouncer. <laughs> so. You get that added bonus to go along. Oh, no. Such a happy camper. (laughs) 
All right, well, let's get into the college aspect of it. We'll start with basketball that's going on because the Gamecocks, this would have been a huge signature win had they gotten it against Alabama. Went into overtime 78-76 being the final in this one uh, on Wednesday night. But the Gamecocks, they just could not – uh, find a way to stop Brandon Miller, who ended up with 41 points, um, leading the second-ranked Clemson tied to this two-point victory that is there. By the way, Miller's output was only the second-highest in history at Colonial Life. The other one was Thornwell. you got to go back oh. to 2017 with the win over Alabama. Sedarious. That took four overtimes for him to get that much. Hey. I still don't understand – the guy being able to play the game. I'm sorry. If I, he's at South Carolina, he ain't playing. No, mm-hmm. he's not playing. Ask Gigi. At all. Gigi just made a derogatory <laughs> comment about the coach and the team, and his tail <laughs> sat for three or four games. And this is an NCAA problem, and that's why I think Wilborn, Stephen A. Smith, all of ones today that lit it up. Who cares if this chance going if this cat's going to be player of the year in the SEC? Put his ass on the bench. It's done. He shouldn't be yeah. playing for the rest of the season. Now, if he's cleared of all wrongdoing, which he won't be, I mean, there, there's enough to where they. I guess well, it's going to take an arrest record. Well, arrest they've already proven that he's the yeah. one that went and got the gun. So, so when, it, mean, when he's arrested, to me, they'll that's have to an take. Accessory, yeah. You know, and I mean, to me, that's putting out the wrong vibe that I would want coming out of my school. And see, I've been one of the. Now, biggest. I agree. You're innocent until proven guilty. But and that's fine. And you I, like still I said, got to have disciplinary <laughs> action taken against this young man. And that's on Nate Oaks. He's the yep. head coach down there, and yep. he, that's the one thing I like. Nate Oaks. I think he's done a great job since he's been at Bama until now. That's that's just crazy. And it's not because, and everybody's gonna say it's because we lost that game. No. That's the no. irrelevant side of it. No. He's playing because he's playing for SEC Player of the Year. Yeah, that's the only reason he's still playing. And, and if you cut Oaks, number two in the nation, yep, and you got to set him, man. I mean, yep. it would have hurt last night for that win. But I'm, like I said, this team at Carolina, they're rebuilding. They're they're starting to believe in what the system says. G G Jackson believes in Lamont Paris now because he's playing. Well, he and he's had 19 points, yep. um, and then the couple behind him at 18, you had Jacoby Wright and uh, Michi Johnson showing up with 18. Of his, and well, Michi well, hit so. a half quarter at the end of the half. <laughs> he made LeBron and, and happy. Then, and then right there at the end of overtime, he chunked up another one that banged off the back of the rim. That <laughs> When he let it go, I'm thinking, we just won this ball game by one on a <laughs> half court by Michi in that me and Chris have been fussing at him about <laughs> Don't as soon as he got the ball, he's turning around looking to shoot on the inbound That's play. LeBron's man. He's, <clears> they, <throat> I think they can. But how about the play, though, saying the one that bothers me in this whole game, and you know where I'm going with this, Hayden Brown picking up his fifth foul, and he got punched. <laughs> yeah. He Yeah, he got right. sent out of the game with, like, yeah. it was, what, nine minutes left in the game? Like he picks still, up his foul, and it the guy just basically just – it was, a, it was. I want to say it was a sucker punch, but it was. It was close enough to where it would be retaliation. And if he got thrown out of the game for that, I wouldn't have cared. Well, the thing is, too, at the end of the game and at the end of regulation, you allowed Alabama to go and hit a three, hit a layup. Mm-hmm. Why wasn't that guy fouled? I mean, I'm gonna take my chances at the line. I'm gonna foul him. He might put up 40-something points, but he's going to have to make two under pressure from the line with nobody, with no hands in his face, nothing, away from home and a loud crowd. I'm going to make him hit both of them. I'm not going to give him a free lane to the 
if I had to just reach up and <laughs> grab him and hold him. The officials are going to have to call the foul because I'm going to make sure they see it. <laughs> now, it's not going to be a what I'd flagrant. call maybe it's a flagrant, flagrant, but at that point in the game, you don't let him drive for a layup. And that may yeah. be the reason why, because at the end of the games, that's what is called. Yeah. They, they, it's, it's like the official expects you to do it, so he's already got the whistle ready. He's got that flagrant and one ready to, mm-hmm. t- you know, to get you set up with. But you're right. At, the, at that point in the game, what does it really matter? But when they threw the ball in, when they got the rebound, you fouled the guy right there. Yeah. You don't wait till he comes across half court. Yeah, they went coast to coast. Drive twice. Yeah. <laughs> and, all right, you know, maybe go to a zone, make him hit something from outside. And if he starts driving, I'm standing. He's going to get he's gonna get a charge called against him. You know, I'm not giving him a free lane to the basket. I mean, they set a screen. He went right around it twice, same play. Yeah, coast to coast both times, and that's and, defensively. Yeah. That's on Coach Ferris and the way they set it yeah. up. They drew it up in the timeout. But. Yeah. Great game for the Gamecocks. I think they're uh, I think they're starting to turn it around. Yeah, it, they, they believe in Coach Ferris. They showed a lot last night, which will bode well for them going into next season. We still got a couple of games left, so let's go try to win one. I like what Coach Oak said. He says this is not a team that you want to play in the tournament because they're starting to believe. Yeah. He said, I don't want to be a number one, number two seed that's going to play a team like this. <laughs> Well, Lamont Paris met with the media afterwards. Here's a little bit with his opening comments from that uh, post-game press conference. Man, that was a hard one to go into the locker room and try to figure out something clever to tell those guys and make them feel better about what just happened. So, um, But uh, that's part of this whole thing. But uh, a great effort. Um, played not only was it great effort, they played well, they played well, they executed a scouting report, defensive scouting report, incredibly well, I mean really well and um, and then and then played was, was aggressive, made some shots when we needed to. It was tit for tat. they were making plays, we were making plays, but we were getting a lot of stops when we needed to and um, just just. Wanted it really bad for those guys. Uh, we've talked about this before. Just you're doing all these things well. You're making all this improvement. Says who? Says the scoreboard. Says the says the win loss record. Um, so it can be hard for those guys to see that. And um, obviously they're making a lot of progress in the way that they played today. So um, was happy about that. But uh, you know, just felt there was a knot in my stomach. Uh, for for those guys, so you have Lamont Paris, um, not very enthusiastic after after a loss like that. I think a lot of emotion was spent during the game and in that uh, locker room afterwards. But when he says they played well, he means they played as a team. It was an individual effort. It was a team effort, and they believe that now. They know that this is a team game now. There's no no. Uh, Gigi Jackson's going to score 50 a game. That's not what we, we want on that team, and, and, and Gigi knows that. You're a team player, you're going to play as a team. That's the first time I've heard Coach Ferris sound like Brownell this year, and you can hear it in his voice. He's like Coach Brownell's been after those losses that they've had in Clemson. So basically the same thing, you're dejected. Very proud of your team. If you'd have told him that they were going to lose 78, 76, or 78, 76 last night, he'd have probably said, I'll take it. Especially in overtime. In overtime, where you had a chance, and yeah. and like I said, well, you had you had <clears throat> what you were up by four or five with three yep. three to play. Mm-hmm. I mean, <clears throat> it, it, all in all, man, I 
what did we really expect this year? I mean, I know a lot of Gamecocks are like, we should win these games. Well, we should win they these said games it was a rebuilding year. We're going to yeah. have to start over again. GG makes the decision to change, and all of a sudden the expectations went up again um, from that rebuilding to, hey, we may be actually pretty good yep. in the process of this. So they've shown that they can play as a team and play well as a team. I'm curious uh, – you know, the next level and what Paris is going to do here uh, come the SEC tournament. You know, Davis is starting to play again. I was another name I threw at you that played with Gigi in, the, in, you know, the 4A ranks and in the lower part of the state with another basketball team, I think Denmark maybe. But he's starting to play as a team now, so his minutes are going up, and that's what's going to happen. And when these minutes go up, then you're going to start getting guys play together. And like I said, the key thing is keeping Hayden Brown in the game I'm not going to say those reasons they lost last night. I mean, having him file out the way he did, it was it's a tough way to go uh, for our center because, like I said, he he really didn't do anything wrong. But um, and he he stayed he stayed out of foul trouble the last two or three games, and it's helped us be in those games. And like I said, we got a couple games left, and let's spend this on a high on a high note. And like I said, like Coach Oak said last night, I don't want to see him in the tournament. Yeah. <laughs> so Gamecocks will be be playing Saturday at Tennessee. Um, that should be a fun one. I believe it's, what, a noontime game? Yeah, I, I think it is. I That's think right. it is. That's what I saw. Alabama, though, um, they remain 14-1 in SEC play, 24-4 overall. They'll get Arkansas on Saturday. But uh, you get to the SEC tournament, uh, you know, the Gamecocks are probably the best 3-12 and team that is out there. And if I'm any one of the other teams in the upper echelon and all this, I don't want to see the Gamecocks. As That's what Nate says. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. Nate, Nate being the number number two seed in the country, that puts them probably number one in the SEC. SC, yeah. um, th- that probably won't be us, but whoever does get that two or three – that's a really, really big possibility yep. they could play this team. And like I said, this team plays defense, and that's what that's what's keeping us around these games. And then over up in uh, Tiger Town, Clemson kind of shook off the woes of that uh, poor performance up at Louisville to come out, and they absolutely just dominate Syracuse. 91-73 at Little John. Um, Hunter Tyson led the attack. He was 6-12 from behind the three-point arc, ended up with 29 points, 10 rebounds. Jim Boheim's 2-3 zone is not what it used to be. It is really hurting. Um, and then you look at uh, the other Hunter. He was 13 points, 11 assists uh, in the process of all of that. And that was just from the outside of the perimeter, and that basically set up P.J. Hall, who went to work at the high post at that point, had 16 points to go along with his own, 8 of 11 shots uh, while dishing out three assists in the process. And Ian uh, Shefflin. My man. 10 points, uh, reached double-double as well for them, outscoring the Orange 38-26 to 26 in the paint. Well, I think at this time, <coughs> these next three Four ball games are going to be crucial for Clemson. Clemson still controls this own destiny. Even after this little bit of a losing streak that they had, they're still in a pretty good position. They can still get into the NCAA and still be, I don't know where you might would put them as a seed right now. They're probably going to end up going out west somewhere, and they're probably going to be a six, seven seed. But that's going to depend. They need to get into that ACC tournament. They need to win a game in the and tournament. And win, win one or two. Uh, the, the further they go in that, the better ranking they're going to get going forward. And they're very capable of doing it. And I don't. We, we've talked about it before we went on air, just what happened to them, you know, after the Miami game. And it's just like 
a Clemson team of old where they just fold it up. But then again, they come out and play like they did last night. And you say, where's this been for the last two weeks? <laughs> it's Jekyll and Hyde, Bo. I mean, I, I well, they just it. haven't been able to finish or they come they're out not, flat. Yeah, flat. I mean, yeah. they're – it's like it's like he said what two weeks ago we're we're starting hot but we're finishing crappy, I mean Boston College was the beginning of it. Then Miami was a game that had a chance to win, but that's a good loss because they're a good basketball team. North Carolina was horrible. Louisville is just that. How did that happen? Your third yeah. quad four loss. How did that happen? Because yeah. like I said, they lost their coach at Louisville. I mean they've had a player quit. Um, and like I said, in honor of my man Ian Shiflin, you see what I got right here. You know, I told you I like the way he wears his, his mock under his shirt, mm-hmm. so I got mine. It's just not the orange or anything. Hey, <laughs> ten points, eight rebounds, and six assists. He's closing on that triple D. He's trying to get it. He uh, he's working hard. Plus, he, like I said, I don't know how many steals the kid had last night. It's like Hercules. You, you just don't cut the. I hair. ain't going that far. Because <laughs> I'm not going to go that far. But, yeah, I mean, he, he's well, playing like the, that guy. The thing that is, now can he replicate that in Saturday's game? game in every game, yeah. yeah. That'll be interesting. But Saturday, North Carolina State at North Carolina State, it'll be a noontime tip-off the Tigers and the Wolfpack going at it. Yeah. And that's going to be a tough place to play. That Now, that's a game I expect you to lose, Coach. I'm just telling you right off the bat. So, <laughs> you need to win that one. I'll be ready but, to stay I mean, here. So. But even if you win that one, then you got to turn right around. You got Virginia. And you, and you got, got to go to Virginia. So, you know, don't be – I mean, you went from first to fourth. Here's the thing. This is what makes basketball so fun this time of year. Boston College played Virginia last night. You would expect Virginia in a route being yeah. the two seed in that. They, they lose 63 to 48. It ain't even a close ball game yeah. to a Boston College team. I mean, that's what needs to happen when Clemson goes to NC State. They need to beat them that way, and then whenever they play Virginia, play defense, and that's what's going – like I said, that's what Boston College is last night, beat them. Yeah. I mean, that ACC is starting to ramp up. It's really starting to ramp up by like a Big Ten, Big 12 right now. And it's exciting basketball. But the problem with it is with North Carolina kind of making a little run here, all of a sudden they're getting better. And that loss that Clemson has to them, Maybe it's not quite as bad as we thought it was. Yeah. Even though it was a blowout, and it never should have been, in our opinion. I mean, I, but we'll see. We got what three, four more games to go. Three yeah, more. Yeah, we're closing it out. More. Yeah, we're getting ready to close so the next, season and, out. And the next and week, and we're done for the most. You part. don't want to drop below. Number four right now in the ACC. You don't you, because that, that's going to put you. You've low got seed. potential to move back up. You win two you games, you're going to move up to. Yeah, you're going to move up, and you don't want to be a four playing a one. <laughs> at the end of the day. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move it a little closer to home as far as Lander Bearcats and what's going on there, basketball wise. They end up uh, closing out their regular season with a big win over Young Harris. In this one, 83-53, to 53, the final in this one. Um, Nigel Colvin went 7-of-7 seven seven from behind the arc, uh, so he's perfect at three-point range. You got Jacob Cooper, also 18 points uh, to go along with that. And uh, the Bearcats improved to 20-7 and seven overall, 12-5 and five in the Peach Belt Conference as of right now. Um, and, and they're one of, the, what, the top three, four teams. They are, well, they're we all right there the together Belt. at 13-4, and four, and then Landers 12-5. Yeah. and five, So they're right one game, a half game off. First place in the region. And then Augusta lost last night to North, North Georgia or somebody. So it's one of those games, like I said, 
listen to these stats, though, Dad. Colvin, 24 points, 4 rebounds. Cooper, 21 points, 5. Sherfield, 9, 4. Dominic Stanford, 9 points, 3 rebounds. This, this is a team playing together now. There's, and it's the right time to be picking to start playing together. Um, like I said, you're 20 and 7 on the year. You're 12 and 5 in the peach. Uh, and like I said, you're here. Let me give you the scoring leader since, okay. we, well, since we're keeping up with it. <laughs> Georgia College, who, who's a decent basketball team, you had a big win there. But the one that's the shocker is Augusta State. Uh, they went into North Georgia last night and they won a game against who was now they're going to take number one back over at, at Georgia, but it's your same scoring leaders as, as Crawford and Champion back and forth, 22 points, 21 points. So you got a half a point separating these two guys. They both have eight and nine assists per per their average too. So and then you got Miguel Arnold from from Augusta coming in at 18.2. But all in all, man, it's shaping up to be another really good peach belt. And it should be a great Peach Belt Conference. Now that's tournament. what we might be doing. That might, me and Mr. Freak might be calling about that. <laughs> <laughs> we might be setting up. He's already said he'll give you a tour of uh, anything. He's gonna give wanted, me a tour so. of the Peach Belt tournaments. So what we're gonna get a tour of. <laughs> I just gotta make that call. But that'd be fun. I mean, like I said, who knows? I used to love it when they played it here. I mean, it used to be some really good basketball. Now yeah. it's down at 18. Well, it's whoever is leading the peach belt at the time is where it'll go. So uh, it just so happens that the boys and girls, uh, <laughs> when they were here last, ended up uh, hosting the tournament together. And then uh, Augusta has hosted, I guess, a couple of times. They've had yeah. both the boys and girls over the last five years. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Right? Like this year for the guys, now I don't have the girls right now, but – Augusta, North Georgia, and Aiken are all 13 and 4, and then Landers 12 and 5 in conference. So like I said, you're, they're all right there together. I mean, and, and, and Aiken's like 20 and 7. I mean, their other two are 20 and 5, 22 and 5. But, I mean, it's, it's been really good basketball this year. Been fun to watch. So baseball's going to be even better. And speaking of which, we'll <laughs> go over to the baseball team. They took on Wingate uh, yesterday, ended up falling 9-4 to to the uh, number 12 team in Division Two over there at Dolney Stadium Tuesday evening. And Lander drops to 3-8 and overall, Wingate 9-3 and overall. But Lander will be the first uh, to strike uh, – uh, you know, the first run in this game and, and build the momentum. And that's what they've been able to do well is they've been able to come out in the first seven innings and really dominate or, and set the standard of what they wanted to do. It's been towards the end where the hitting has kind of let them down a little bit as well as the pitching. It, why is it every year we worry about the side of it, the pitching side? <laughs> it looks like, see, it's like after a couple of years you're going to get – that's the first thing you're going to recruit for and you're going to work on is the pitching side. You know, but then again, you're going against a really good Wingate team, though. I mean, I'm just talking about in general. So, I mean. You know, Wingate had a score six runs in the eighth to beat you. I mean, that's a, it was a tie ball game going into that. I mean, that's a, like you said, it's a good school. I mean, it's just not like you're going to be playing. You're not at Peachville yet, so you're going to be playing some of these harder teams. Like what I tell you, uh, NC State went to Coastal yeah. last night. Mm-hmm. Won a game, you know, number 21 North Carolina State goes to Coastal to play, you know, to have a baseball game. I mean, you're playing those kind of teams, and like you said, those are games you got to pull out, and it is. So. And then uh, Lander ended up, what, suffering three losses to Lincoln Memorial uh, the previous weekend. Erskine goes ahead and hosts Lincoln Memorial <laughs> and gives them their first loss uh and that was over there in due west, 9-6 to six being the final in this one. Um, just 
I mean, they, they, they came out and, what, scored four in the fifth and then one each in the sixth, seventh, and eighth and didn't have to bat at all in the ninth. But it was a tall, tie ball game going into that sixth inning. They come up with three extra runs, insurance runs to go ahead and, and end up with the win. But uh, Cooper Guest pitched a heck of a ball game uh, in this one as he gets the win for the uh, Flying Fleet to go along with that. And they think Landon for wearing them out last weekend. <laughs> Well, we got wore out, but we we took it out of them, so Erskine yeah. wins a game. So, you, you make sacrifices for your teams in the Lakeland. Yeah, but I mean, it, it was it wasn't long ball with no. with Erskine. It was it was the the small ball that was ended up getting wins. Just get a man on, get a base hit, move him over, move him over, stolen base here, um, and that that's kind of how they want it. I've seen that ball before. I'm telling you, I don't know where I saw it a couple championships ago, but that small ball wins you games, and I love to see it. I love seeing it on the, the Facebook Live, and a couple other ones went live from the game. And and your students were out there, and they're cheering. Um, a lot's going on at Erskine. I mean, it's just not those sports. you got every other sport that's going on down there, too. Um, and I, I was just amazed to see that they've got other, like, they've got a track and field. You got, I mean, whether we knew they had tennis and soccer and all of the other, but um, things over in D Westville are, are looking up. Or, excuse me, D West of what they say. I, don't know. Westville. I said D Westville. D Westville? D West of what, Bill? How about that? <laughs> but go. I love to see it, like I said. That's... All right. So, with all of that being said, a couple of things uh, that are going on this weekend. High school baseball, Greenwood's going to be on the road. They go down to Georgetown, going to be playing some very impressive teams that are down there. I think uh, even Dor- Fort Dorchester, I think they got a game against them uh, coming up either Saturday or Sunday. I'm not sure which. It's, uh, that, it's loaded. I mean, yeah, Blythewood. Yeah. I mean, there's a bunch of teams down there. Big just... teams. And then it, over here, uh, Mack Height and his Vikings, they're going to be hosting the Emerald City Classic Baseball Tournament that starts tomorrow. And uh, it'll run through a couple of weekends here, as a matter of fact. And the teams that are participating there, uh, you got Lawrence High School, Belton Honeyapath, Path, Clinton, Mid-Carolina, Midland Valley's coming up. you got 96. Abbeville will be coming over. And, of course, uh, your Emerald Vikings are going to be all part of that as well. And uh, the schedule, you can go to uh, emeraldathletics.com, and you can see the schedule that is there. Emerald will be playing um, Midland Valley to start things off Friday night at 730. Wow. They get the nightcap. That'd be a good. That'd be a good game. Yeah. So in Lawrence versus Clinton in game number one at five. <laughs> Two rivals. <laughs> yep. Two rivals. So uh, yeah. So check those guys out. Uh, get out there and enjoy some of the games wherever you might be going. Check out the Bearcats. Also, Due West and the Flying Fleet of Erskine College uh, having a great season, both softball and baseball wise as well. Sounds good, man. Look yep. forward to seeing you on the diamond. <laughs> Stan, thanks for coming in. He's Chris Cox, I'm Tom Carroll, and we are the Lakeland Sports Guys. Have a great one.